When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of 12-Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12, and the best business phone service is chosen by U.S. News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over Pac-12 country stay connected with customers and co-workers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business and get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more. Offer the fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Visit nextiva.com slash 12-Pack to get started. Nextiva.com slash one two pac to get started for 12 pack radio get excited y'all Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the Baderink College Football Statistical Model. This is a sharp college football podcast, and I am here with Rob Bowron. Finally, Rob, covering an actual conference season. We, we have all conference games all the time, six games. We're going di- to really dive deep into each one of those. N- none of this, uh, you know, like floating above the surface and just kind of looking down at, at 12 different games. We are here, Rob. We've made it. How are you, sir? I, I mean, I'm, we were just talking. I am excited to have the more limited slate of games to try to focus in on every Saturday. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm excited to to talk some pack, you know, Pac-12 on Pac-12 action. It's awesome. Very excited about it. Went hot out of the gate, by the way, 16 and nine against the spread, uh, and I went six and one against the spread last week, and uh, and have actually even done better with my, my Pac-12 bets. The 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 real key, Rob, with gambling is stay in your lane. And I learned that the first two weeks where I was betting Penn State, although I didn't win the Penn State game, but I was betting this game and then oh, Marshall, Marshall might win over here, and I've stopped that. I'm just focusing on the Pac-12. I'm zeroing in. I'm the Eye of Mordor. And uh, just a really good start out of the gate. And I know Baderank is starting to catch up here with uh, finally using some um, in-season data. The, the more teams, the, the more different teams play different other teams, the more the model gets sharper. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what the numbers do as we move towards week six, which is officially Baderank day where the model kind of locks in, right? Yeah, I mean, and we're going to let in, you know, the, the 2020 projection model was, was off enough that we are... Um, you know, we're, I'm letting in more in-season data than I would normally. It does make, there's going to be a lot larger adjustments as we get towards week six. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, the, I do like it because it is catching up to where teams are, you know, sort of are in the limited data we have. Yeah. And we're going to keep rolling with that. And I think one of the things, if you're new this year, um, we are, we went away from a, format that we were normally doing, which which we will return to now because we had so many games. So this is the way that we're going to do this. We're going to go through each matchup this coming week, and then we're going to talk about 
the matchups that those teams had the previous week. And then we'll wrap it all up, go through advanced uh, statistics, and then kind of come towards a pick on how we think that matchup is going to turn out. So uh, anyway, follow us that way. I like like kind of being able to like dabble with all the other games, but really being able to do a deep dive is, is kind of where our focus is. So definitely keep a lookout for that. We're going to start this show by talking about big, big ideas, big thoughts, general thoughts from what we saw from week three. But before we do that, Rob, I just saw this come across, I think it was yesterday, where uh, Dante Williams, the uh, interim coach at USC, had um, publicly stated that he is welcoming Keaton Slovis back from his injury for a robust and competitive quarterback competition with Jackson Dart. And I went, oh my goodness. Oh, oh my. Let, let's do this, Rob. I, what would you think about that news? I mean, I, like Dart played well. I mean, 30, 46, you know, uh, and he had the four touchdowns, certainly leading USC on the comeback, but he also had two interceptions. He had a couple other passes that were, you know, like he wasn't quite Matt Fink throwing it up and playing 500, but you know, I think, you know, Dart's an impressive guy. I think he will, you know, improve, but man, Washington state does not have a good defense. He, you know, let's see, like, I feel like it was one of those, like we're always competing type things rather than like, there's a legit competition between him and Slovis. I I think so too. I think that's where it's going to end up. The one thing to keep in mind though, is Slovis this year, he's been fine. Really hasn't blown people away. Um, you know, USC went down 14 and I watched that whole game. And, uh, and I, I can understand why Williams is doing it, right? You want, you want to give right. your quarterback a little kick in the pants, try to, to light a fire under him. But, uh, yeah, I, I think dart was, was fun to watch, but watching him against better defenses, although that's probably not going to happen against Oregon state, but watching him against no. some defenses that have some secondary talent, uh, I, I would, I mean, like Slovis, we, we thought coming into this year was the best quarterback in the pac 12. I still think he. I think he is right. I mean, you could almost make a case. It's only like it's three a low games. bar. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like maybe Tanner McKee, I guess. I don't know. Garbers is starting to to move the ball a little bit more, but I still think that yeah. it's Slovis. Um, and I just think pulling him in the middle of the year, I, I just don't see that happening. I mean, like if they did that, I mean, like the the most interesting question of the Pac-12 would be: Does Keaton Slovis transfer in conference <laughs> at that point? Because I mean, look, I mean, Dart's a big talent. I just I think that you know, USC, you're going to live and die with that. Cause like he, he, he had some, I mean, he had some nice throws, but like I said, like those two interceptions were pretty bad and he had some other, you know, throws out there that against a better secondary are going to get picked. And we'll, and we'll cover that game too. I also think that SC started making some adjustments. I mean, they just could not run the ball. Would they get 44 yards against Wazoo's, you know, vaunted front seven? I mean, that's just yeah. unacceptable. And I get it. Like Washington State was playing out of their mind in the first part of that uh, game, but you could tell that they they started making adjustments. And uh, I I did think he ignited the offense, and it gives people. I know Alicia De Artola is just uh, there's probably a shrine at her house right now. <laughs> like she really really liked him um, coming into this season, and just highlighted how good of a backup quarterback he could be um so i know she's elated right now to to see that in practice but yeah anyway uh, it's just some interesting news to to cover rob let's go into our general thoughts here what what stood out for you most uh, in a big picture sense when we were looking back at week three i mean it's it was a i mean it really capped off what was to be frank outside of beating lsu and and ohio state and and absolutely horrible (laughs) 
non-conference performance from the fact. I mean, there are some moral victories in there, right? Like TCU and and, and with Cal. And, uh, you know, like you could argue maybe a moral victory with Colorado and A&M, whatever that game ends up being uh, when we look back. But, I mean, I do think overall, I mean, just a, just a nightmare. I mean, it was a nightmarish week for the Pac-12 in general, you know, and just like the, the losses in particular in the South, uh, just horrendous. I mean, the, uh, the PAC 12 South, uh, is, is approaching a, you know, ACC, you know, bad. For me, one of the things that stood out was just icky, icky, gross quarterback play. And that being a problem for teams moving forward, I think Utah might, might've figured it out with cam rising. And I, and I look, I was part of the problem. I thought Brewer coming in would have been fine. I thought he was going to be exactly what that team needed. And, you know, the moment rising came in, it just kind of lit a fire. And that San Diego State defense, a little bit different from what we were just talking about with Wazoo, that San Diego State defense is good. So for, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for rising to come in and just really claw that team back uh, to triple overtime. By the way, those new overtime rules, I'm out. I don't I don't like the um, – We'll get into the play call that that Utah called in order to win that game. But the fact that you have to go for two and it's one and out after the third overtime was it was just really bizarre. I think that was um, a a real bummer for for Utah to watch that ending of that game. But you look all over the the Pac-12, right? Uh, Daniels had a rough night uh, on the road at BYU. That was a tough place to play, uh, to be fair. But it looks like that passing game is right about where we probably thought it was going to be. Colorado with with Lewis was just a disaster. Same thing with Arizona, who's just you know throwing the twelfth man and you know throwing the zone of zoo players into the uh, into the mix. There, it's just kind of a disaster. So, I, I just something to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know what what else stood out for you. I mean, I I think that you know the next thing that really you know stood out to me this this past week was you know I'm I'm really impressed with like how Washington turned it around. I mean, the defense, but I mean, like offensively, I mean, they, there are a lot of teams that could have taken their own to start and where Washington just got worked in their, you know, losing to Montana and then just getting worked at the big house. Um, I mean, I'm not saying Washington's offense has figured it out by putting up 50 points on <laughs> Arkansas state. Right. Um, but I was really impressed by the defensive performance they put out where, you know, Arkansas state's not some offensive juggernaut, but they had put up a, a, you know, over 500 yards against Memphis the week before, um, you know, Washington, I just, I mean, they didn't sit there and, 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 and feel sorry for themselves. Lake didn't lose the team. I don't, like I said, like this team, I, I would expect them to lose two more games down, yeah. the, you know, over the rest of the season. But, you know, I, I was impressed. They, they picked themselves off, up off the mat. Unlike some other teams in the pac 12, which did not pick themselves up <laughs> off the mat. And I think that also highlights early in the year, and I I picked this up from Max. He was excellent at talking about this. Don't overreact to the previous week or even the previous couple of weeks. Like, trust your numbers. Trust what you saw the previous year. Trust like w- what you have been able to accumulate over time. And that was exactly what happened this this past week, right? Um, a lot of people had Washington like at the bottom of the Pac-12. I'm like, oh come on now, like that, that team, that yeah. team is not that. It's bad. It's it is it is a problem right now. But that that team isn't that bad. And you know, same thing with um, you know, looking over and seeing how a couple teams were able to cover. Um, you know, like Stanford over Vandy. Like you, it's kind of a silly uh, description, but like you kind of highlighted the you know Vandy sucks and Stanford is okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you talked right. me out of that loss. Uh, USC, you know, firing their coach. It, oftentimes when that team fires their coach, they get a boost. They got that certainly against Washington State. It came a little later. But I mean, just just that don't overreact to what you're seeing and kind of keep keep that ship going until we really have a good feel for everybody. And that's starting to click in and it'll continue to do that in the coming months. Um, anything else pop out for you uh, generally? I mean, my God, Colorado. Oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I mean, there's not a lot of pot. I mean, like the, the, the biggest win was USC over Washington State-ish. But like, I don't know that that confirmed anything for us other than like Jane Delora is the only person that understands Nick Rolovich's offense and they have an incredibly bad defense still. Um, but Colorado, like we, we kind of thought that they would be able to slow down Minnesota somewhat and they didn't. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what's, I mean, I feel like I have, uh, thrown so many rocks at Darren Chiaverini to the point that like, I mean, I probably, and I have like originally when he was the OC for the buffs the first time around, like I upset some buff buffs fans (laughs) with the things I said. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, even Colorado fans, I think are totally off the the wagon at this point for, for him. Just, I was just an incredibly uh, bad outing for the, for the, for what we expected. I mean, and even Vegas expected everyone expected to be a much closer game. Oh yeah. I mean, it was a three point spread and they just got waxed. I think one of the things, a little bit of a different take on that game than you do. And we'll break it down a little bit more here as we keep rolling. But I, I still think that defense is better than people think it is it's really hard to score points or it's really hard to stop a team when you can't move the ball. Right. I mean, like just think, I mean, you've seen, you've seen Arizona teams like this, right. Where, you know, the offense goes three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And then the defense is just get, I mean, it's not like there's a ginormous amount of depth at Colorado on the defense. So I do think like my, my ratings of Colorado's defense are still higher than I think most people's are. Um, but if they're going to continue to get that offensive production, which I think might be an overreaction from people, uh, you know, a little spoiler alert from when they go to ASU, like they, they might, they might be able to figure out a little bit. I don't think that there's zero points in every game bad. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm still a little bit more. I mean, my, my concern is, is like what we thought they could do pretty well was stop the run in Minnesota, put up <laughs> almost 300 yards running the football on them. A little worrisome. Without their without their lead back out with their lead back out, right? Like, yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, I I, I have no argument for that. I just this is more no, just, just gut a, feeling. It's, we'll we'll see. I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna get another you know uh, we're gonna get another vision of the buffs against the team that can run the football pretty well this week. <laughs> That's very true. All right, let's do it. Let's get to these games. Let's do it right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back. We're going through every Pac-12 game 
we're reviewing every Pac-12 game. And Rob, let's just start right out of the gate here. Washington State, the Cougs, who just got blown the F up by USC in that second half. They are a 14-point underdog on the road at Utah. And Washington State was uh, was a 12-and-a-half-point uh, dog, and that's already moved to 14, kind of a lack yeah. of respect for the Cougs. Now, I think some of that could deal with where Jaden Delora is. Obviously, he got injured yep. in that USC game, which is a big problem. But um, and, and now they get a kind of like a, a hornet's nest of this Utah team that <laughs> probably figured out their quarterback. Uh, they lose in overtime to San Diego State. And who do you want to talk about first in terms of reviewing these games? You want to go Utah or you want to go Washington State first? Uh, let's do the Cougs first. Okay. Washington State 14, USC 45. And man, those so I had I had USC. It was a real bet that I placed. I had him at eight and a half. And uh, I turned on the game about, it was like, was it in the second quarter? It was either early second quarter or early first quarter. I'm like, oh no, because yeah. holy goodness, the Palouse is going nuts. The run defense, now USC's run offense is a problem, but the team was just playing on fire and you could just tell that they got up for this game and they got up for USC and then, and then Slovis goes out. Um, and, but then you just start seeing the yarn getting pulled away from the sweater <laughs> and like this team just dissolved onto itself and USC just clearly was the better team. Clearly the coaching staff figured out what the problem was and started making adjustments. And, and overall this was a, a big win for I mean, which sounds weird to say a big win for Washington State, but fire your coach and then you got to go to to the Palouse. I mean, there are teams that would lose that game and USC was not one of them and they won convincingly. No, I mean, there's, I don't think there's any two ways about it though. That You know, once Delora was injured, right. And he did it. I mean, it was yeah. going so poorly for Washington State with him not in the game um, that he attempted to come back in. And I think I don't know how many, I mean, it may have only been for one series, but I watched one of the passes that he attempted to throw and I was like, nope, that is it. That this game, there's, there's no magic. No Jay Kaner and Delora. (laughs) Yeah. There is Cinderella is not putting that slipper on. Like this is not going to work. But I mean, we, you know, we talked about this. I mean, and it was weird. We talked about this with Garantano, right? Like Delora just seems like, and you said, you know, you wondered what, you know, Delora had really personally done to Nick Rolovich um, to upset him so much that he just would not play him unless he absolutely had to. But he's like, he is, he's the only person that seems to be able to make this offense hum. And I mean, Washington state, they tried two other quarterbacks in this game, neither of whom was Garantano. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's really I mean, I don't think this Washington state, I mean, they have a terrible defense. Um, once their offense started sputtering, USC was set up in really good field position, you know, from then on out. And, you know, uh, dart, you know, he, one thing he did, he was really decisive and, you know, he, you know, if you're, if you're USC and you're playing against somewhat inferior competition, um, you know, and the, the other team doesn't have a great secondary, then, just throwing the ball up isn't always the worst strategy because your wide receivers are likely taller to begin with and can jump higher than the opponent. Um, and Dart certainly, you know, had no qualms about throwing some long balls out there. Oh, that was great. And, and immediately, right. I think it was the first drive where Slovis gets, gets nailed. Um, I, I tuned in. Yeah. It must've been really early when I tuned in because I'm like, 
did they pull Keaton Slovis? And I'm furiously right. looking on Twitter going like, what the F is going on? Did he try to shake it up? And no, no, Slovis is just out. And Dart, like you mentioned, you know, he had some clunkers, two interceptions. Um, but he's and he he had the the, the one eye patch like he's an anime character or something which I, I appreciated there. Uh, he can move a little bit right thirty two yards on the ground, but I mean the second like look even even without their like wide receivers right they had um the five star guy Brew McCoy who yeah who knows where he is um and they've lost a couple- uh, I know where he is he is currently uh, under investigation and not allowed to play. Oh well, good you know. Bye. Best of luck to him. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously you have Drake London, but like Gary Bryant showed up here, caught a touchdown. Like, and if you look at the box score, three for fifty-six. But I just like I like watching him play. And you, know, Kyle Ford, like Taj Washington, they they have players on this roster that just really tore apart Washington State. And without a quarterback, I just don't know. Like, I, I wasn't really bullish on Washington State after watching the first couple games. I do think Utah State, though, Rob, is better than we thought yeah, they oh were. yeah so like they, a lot yeah they've covered the they've outperformed their spread uh the the vegas spreads by 16 points in their last three games so um clearly a much more a much improved team but i just i don't know like the, this whole washington state team kind of feels like it's a not necessarily a house of cards but like like a house of you know like a house of like three cards taped together <laughs> and a bunch of those going up. I, I just feel like it can fall apart and them going to Utah. I, I feel really, it just worries me a lot. No, I mean, without, without Delora, they're, they're not a competitive Pac-12 team. Yeah. I, I think that's a, I think that is a somewhat reasonable statement. Like Washington state, other than playing Arizona, maybe Colorado, you are likely going to be able to, um, you know, like they're going to need some turnovers to be able to hang in a lot of those games. Yeah, Max Borgie, thirteen carries, seventy-two yards. You know, for all the hype, he's good. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, he's down. really good. It's just the numbers haven't shown his ability, and I don't know if it's because they just don't want to give him the ball as much or what's going on. But um, thirteen for seventy-two, and then Travell Harris, my man. I can't believe I forgot his name the first game of the week because I love that guy. Uh, two touchdowns. It was fun to see him see the end zone a couple times. We'll we'll get to USC's performance here when we talk about their game. Let's switch over here, Rob, to just a heartbreaking loss uh utah my kids watched this game and i keep i was doing my research and they, every time utah pops up they remind me that utah lost I'm like yes i know uh san diego state 33 utah 31 this game goes into triple overtime and i i, I mean that's probably the end of the charlie brewer show is that is that pretty pretty fair here rob yeah i mean i i i think it is the the ship has sailed on charlie brewer now, what, one I mean, thing- not, it's not all him. I mean, the line sucked again yeah. in pass protection. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say that San Diego State is probably pretty good, right? I mean, what are they, 3-0 against Pac-12 yeah. teams or like 1-2 or something like that? Um, the defense, is, the def- their defense is excellent. Like their, their defense is really good. They really shut down the Utes running game, forced them to throw the ball, which is not what Utah wants to do at all. No, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. Uh, one of the things, though, that made me worried about Utah is I do like their defense. Yeah. I don't really like San Diego State's defense. I think it's improved over what we had anticipated it being. At the same time, I don't think it's a juggernaut. 
And one of the things that I've noticed with Utah is that they have a good run defense, but man, they've gotten torched a couple times with these quarterbacks that can get out, get out of that pocket and roll. And that might be a problem for some other Pac-12 teams that they that they you know run up against this year. No, absolutely. Like that's the biggest. Uh, I mean, they're, they're two weeks in a row, really. You know, the defense has had a pretty good game. They've held, for the most part, the conventional running game in check. Right. Um, they get burned by Hall. They get burned by you know Johnson. Um, you know, that's that's a little bit of a problem. I mean, it's not going to be a problem week in week out. Not everybody's you know just going to sub in like, hey, like let's put in the fast quarterback. Let's see if that works. We're playing the Utes. Uh, but, but that's, that's really what got him, you know, you know, in this game was Lucas Johnson was, you know, really able to make it count, um, when he did take off. So that, that's something to, uh, you're right. I mean, to keep an eye on cam rising 19 for 32, um, three touchdowns. You know, it's, it's, you take a look at his average, you know, four average about five yards a pass. But I, I think, I think that what I saw was a little bit better than that. I think some of those passes were, you know, it was because he had a pass like when they were doing the, well, the overtimes. Um, well, and don't, don't forget rising can run. I mean, that's one of the things yeah. that uh, I thought in particular made him an attractive uh, starter for Utah, you know, over Brewer was if you don't have a great, if you don't have a great pass blocking offensive line, somebody that can move is, is not the worst you know weapon to have. Um, and rising added 46 yards, you know, on the ground. That's pretty good. I mean, he mostly took what what was available to him when he threw and and added something with his legs, which is a dimension that Brewer just wasn't adding. Oh, no, absolutely. And I think one of the things that really impressed me about him was that first overtime and he just bombs it into the end zone for a touchdown. I'm like, oh, yeah. let's do it. I, I was out of my chair. I was yelling and screaming. You know, it was like, what, 1130 at night Pacific time and like probably woke my kids up. Uh, but that was awesome. And they, and they gunned it the next time too. They really tried to yeah. push the issue because they trusted him and he stepped forward with that said, the thing that bothered me was the, uh, the third overtime it's go for two and you have, um, San Diego state does like the, the reverse, right? They, they pulled out all the stops and yeah. Utah's, I have to go back and look at the play call, but basically he threw it into the flat and it was such a weird pass and and he almost caught it Utah almost actually got that one but it the ball just like barely touched the end zone but it was just a weird pass and a weird angle and I'm like dang I wish I wish they had a better play call for that um just so that they can get those two points but you know like I I guess you only have so many for a for a you know two-point conversion anyway that that was kind of a bummer and it was just a really crappy way to lose for the Utes because um they almost had it like they, they came back they they took care of business in overtime um, on the offensive side, at least. And they just weren't able to, uh, to end things. I don't know. What else do it for you this game? I mean, just the, I mean, I, I think the for, for Utah, right. I mean, the defense has been decent. They've, I mean, they certainly played better, you know, than, than the offense. I don't know that they've been as good as maybe we expected. Um, and, and that's something certainly to keep an eye on, um, you know, going forward. Like they didn't, they, they didn't, they, they haven't put as much, pressure on the quarterback is maybe I was expecting this defense to do, you know, and, and it's something to keep an eye on as we get into this next game too. But that said, like, I, I, I think this Utah team, um, you know, like they're, they're the South doesn't look like a bunch of juggernauts. And even if the, like if the offense starts to figure it out a little bit with rising, like this Utah team is going to be really competitive. Are you worried about Micah Bernard? Um, not just him, but like the rushing, right? 47 yards, 17 for 47, three yards of carry. 
I mean, who in the South has a, I mean, I mean, seriously though, like, I mean, like, uh, I mean, ASU. maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say. ASU has a UCLA. good run defense and maybe UCLA. I, I still put Colorado. maybe USC. Yeah. But that's about it. Right. And that if you add in the rising, you know, being able to run the football too, like, I think that's enough. Like, I am a little worried about their, I, I'm just, I don't think their offensive line is there. I've said it. I don't think their offensive line is that good. Whittingham said it today. You know, like <laughs> there'd be competition for spots as they look to find the best five. But um, yeah, rough. Well, let, let's take a look at this game here. We still don't know exactly what the deal is with Delora, whether he's going to be in or out. But right now the line is 14 and Washington State is the dog. Um, tell me, tell me. Oh, so I, I set the line in my mind at 10 and a half and then realized that's pretty dumb. Um, and so when it came out at 12 and a half, I'm like, oh, I'm going to bet Utah. And then uh, my book posted it at 14 and I still might bet Utah or Rob. I don't know. What do you think these numbers say here about, about this matchup? I mean, Baylor has got it a lot closer, but it doesn't see, I mean, I think betters and Vegas are, are able to more, you could say accurately weighed in rising. Um, Spade rank only has a very, very, any limited sample, only a very limited sample of rising. Um, and then, you know, it's a little blind to the Delora, you know, that the Delora might not play. Um, I, I like the Utes a lot in this game. I don't like, I think Utah is going to have a better defense, but then USC by the end of the year, I don't think Washington state's going to do a whole lot offensively in this game. And if Delora is even a little bit hobbled, Utah is going to tee off on him. Yeah, there's just not, I mean, I don't know that there's much, I mean, I don't want to feel like, hey, this is simple. Like Utah seems to have at least a quarterback that gives them a shot and Washington State's quarterback, that the only quarterback that gives them a shot may not play, but it feels like it could be that. So I guess one way that I like to look at this is to do matchups, right? So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions on what you think, and maybe we can discuss them here. So is Washington State going to pass all over Utah? Right. The answer is no. I'm assuming. No. Right. No. All right. So, how much do you think? Unless Delora, unless Delora is healthy, in, in which case, I don't think they throw all over them, but I think they put up, you know, two fifty. Okay. I see. I would even make that lower. I really believe in the secondary for Utah. I think even with Delora, now it's Delora on the road at altitude, and he has not shown me yet that he is ready for the bright lights. Like, and it's, you know, it's only been like a weird, it's been a weird year for him, like yeah, from yeah. the COVID year to this year. But I, I would, I would put it at like 200 with Delora and, okay. and that could be a real problem. Um, can Washington state run the ball on Utah? No. So how are they going to score? Right? <laughs> no, that's it. I just don't think, I mean, I don't think Washington state it, without Delora, I don't think they have a shot in this game. Yeah. And I, I mean, Let's, I mean, let's say he plays. I think that puts them closer to be where you had it at about 10 points. Um, Cause I think rising opens up a, a, a different, you know, skill set for Utah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I had Utah can run the ball in Washington state and they probably can pass all over them too. I mean, that secondary for Wazoo sucks. Um, yeah. They gave up 319 yards in, uh, to Portland state and 400 to USC. Yep. Like, there's and, and I know that the Utah's not gonna throw at the outside. They're gonna hit the tight ends a lot, but it doesn't matter in this game. Like it matters yeah. if it's against like a, an elite team on the road, but not here. Okay. So I'm gonna um I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Utah. I'm kind of bummed that this I didn't get it at twelve and a half. I don't know if I'm actually gonna bet this. Um yeah. but I'm gonna pick Utah. How about how about you? We're gonna we're gonna rock the fourteen uh 
points. We're gonna. Right I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Utes with with all those points. Ooh, okay. I think I think it's the right pick, and that number for a while I'm just staring at it. But um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Okay. All right, Rob. Let's get to the next one here. UCLA at Stanford. Um, fascinating game here. Let's talk. Let's talk about Stanford's game first, because you walked me off of the ledge here, and um. Because I, I really thought, oh, no. Now, it was weird because this game I thought originally was supposed to be at like 8 in the morning and ended up being at night. So, hey, that was that was my fault. My apologies to people. <laughs> <laughs> the second is I thought this could be a weird letdown spot for Stanford. And if there's one game Vandy gets up for and and all that stuff. And you just basically said, nope, Vandy sucks. Please take Vandy. And so, or, uh, sorry, please take Stanford. So I did. And, that, and Rob, if you want to... You know, you, you the world's your oyster right now. You called that, you nailed it, and Stanford really just was able to do whatever it wanted against uh, Vanderbilt. No, I mean, I think what's here's the really interesting takeaway is that if you open up the box scores both for the USC game and the Vanderbilt game, Stanford's not putting up a ton of yards. I mean, they're slowing the game down, and their their efficiency, their score, huh. their you know, their their what you think about is like yeah. their ability to like slow the game down. And just put up points. It feels like nearly every time they have the ball. I mean, this is like this offense is interesting. Like they, like they, like they didn't pile up a crazy number of yards getting to 41 points. And they did the same thing to USC. They didn't pile up a crazy number of yards. It's not like Stanford is like the world's greatest return game or something like that, or has the world's greatest defense. So (laughs) they're not, they're not starting out each drive at the 50. I mean, Stanford's just Stanford is like when they're getting at bats, they're putting up points, and it's I, I think it's a really interesting. I mean, it's a little different than even they were in the past couple of years. Like they seem to have found something um, in being able to slow it down and make adjustments. I like it. I mean, I it, I thought this was. I mean, it's Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt sucks, but yep. you know everything. And the one thing I I would say, if I'm going to nitpick here, you know, giving up 23 to Vanderbilt. Little worrisome, little worrisome on my end. If we they ran the ball pretty well, yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of a problem. So they had, uh, you know, almost was it two hundred and fifty yards rushing. I mean, that that's yep. that's a problem. So so our worries there are still. Um, I think that I think that is that is is who they are, but the right. secondary, and I don't think Vandy's pass offense is that good. But like the secondary has at USC and now against Vanderbilt, they've been kind of good. I think they might be yeah. above average at least, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is what you like. I mean, I I like this this uh, and we've talked about for years. Dwayne Aquino, the the you know the the you know, secondary coach for Stanford. I think he's doing a good job. I mean, uh, and I think he's got some. You know, I think he's got some talent back there. Yeah, Tanner McKee, like you mentioned, just super efficient. And you're right. Now that I look at, it, I mean, like, and I watched this game. Uh, I was like one of the few people that watched this game rather than a uh, Penn State Auburn or whatever the main game was. That I was like fixated on this game. Um, I just, he just looked impressive. I like how he moves in the pocket too. He's got some real good presence. He keeps his footing um, and he's able to, to nail his receivers. I think this offense is going to get better over time, not worse, but yep. um, I am still a little worried about their, their rushing attack. I know that um, they kind of got theirs against Vanderbilt, but if you take a look at the previous games, that still might be a problem. Yeah, I know. I agree there. I mean, I don't think this, I mean, I, I don't think the new offensive line coach has really fixed their, their run game problem um and i'm not i'm not going to in any way look at yeah what they did against vanderbilt and think oh yeah that's going to travel <laughs> uh anything else on vandy stanford no no that's that's it all right game of the night and it's not even close 
Fresno State 40, UCLA 37. I stayed up for this whole game. I, I every minute of it. I love the fact that UCLA was able with like three minutes left to come down and and score. And I thought that they won. I'm like, all right, that's it. Like Hayner's hurt. He's yeah. like, you know, he's grabbing his, his side. He's like, you know, he's stumbling around the sideline. He comes back in and just freaking throws like four darts in a row. And uh, the the one thing that that I took away from this game, there's a lot of a lot of things, but the the biggest one was between this game and LSU's game. Um, I don't think the secondary is very good, Rob. No. That is a good take. And in fact, like that was like the, we talked about this coming into this, that, you know, like, you know, Fresno state was likely going to be able to throw the ball, had the secondary really improved. Um, and they really did not. I mean, and they, they, I don't, I don't think they have, I mean, I, you know, giving up four fifty five to Hainer, I mean, sure. You know, solid quarterback in a, you know, in a good system with a good OC. Yeah. Um, but just a, just a, it's, it was worrisome to see this, this, uh, Fresno state team. And here's the, here's the, the thing when you open up, like this is sort of like hattery to box score type question, right? Like, so when you see an upset, like one of the first things you should go check is like, all right, who won the turnover battle? <laughs> and, and, and UCLA did, I mean, Fresno state turned it over three times and UCLA only turned it over twice in this game. Well, DTR this tried, the, he tried his best. Yeah, I know he tried. I mean, you know, I mean, that's like, I think, I think there are some folks that are, are forgetting because like DTRs turnovers, of course, are always spectacular, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, like they're saying like, Oh, you know, UCLA, you know, just a little bad luck and some, you know, some, some bad turnovers. And I'm like, guys, like you guys finished plus one on turnovers. Like Fresno state came into your house and beat you. Yeah. And, and this is not at all despair. Like I know that Fresno state's offense is good. And I think that LSU's offense, I think LSU might not be as strong of a team as we had anticipated, but they still have good wide receivers. And, um, and I thought initially watching that game, like they did, they did exactly what they needed to against LSU, but it it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily that, Oh, UCLA gave like 450 yards or whatever up to, um, to Fresno state. It was the ease that, that Fresno was able to move down the field when they needed to. That was a, yeah. like, oh no, like that, that could be a real problem when they, they face some other teams here. And I mean, a, a real problem here too, is that UCLA did not run the ball terribly effectively. No. Um, yeah. That was bizarre. Um, yeah. DTR had the majority of the, of the carries. Um, yeah. And it was, it was interesting because I was watching it and I was just ready um, for Charbonnet to break one and it just didn't happen. And I don't like, I'm curious, um, what Baderank will at the end of the year, what Baderank has this rush defense for Fresno State because I don't think it's going to be that good. No, I don't think so either. I mean, it's it was that was that was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, and right now, you know, Baderank with you know some small sample size, but like UCLA's defense is sitting at forty three, Stanford's offense is sitting at eighteen. Um, you know, UCLA's sitting at seventy in effective pass, Stanford sitting at seventeen in effective pass. Like that's a bad matchup. But then you flip it around and you're like, oh my gosh, like Stanford's at 79 an effective rush and UCLA's at 16 an effective rush. Like this could be a shootout. Yes. Yes. That's, that, that was what I came to also. I have, uh, and it's, it's kind of a high over, I think it's 56 and a half. And yeah, that was the question that I was asking, right? Can, can Stanford run all over UCLA? And my answer is no. Do you just, do you agree with that? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think Stanford's going to be able to run the ball terribly well against the Bruins. No, I mean, I think if they get 100 yards and a touchdown, I would be, I would take that. I'd be like, all right, right. <laughs> we did it. Um, but the passing, like, I think they pass all, I think they get at least 300 yards and three touchdowns in this game, like minimum. Is that oh, crazy? I think, I think, I think McKe- you're right. I mean, cause I, again, like I, the yardage and the touchdowns might seem lower than you would expect for what we might say is a shootout. But like Stanford, like I said, seems to be slowing it down, but getting more points per drive um, and, and making good adjustments, uh, you know, between plays. And I just, I, I think, I think the Stanford team is going to be able to move it up and down the field. But like, cause what we've seen in the last two weeks from Stanford, like those questions we had about their wide receivers and things like that. I've, I've seen it. I think that like the questions have mostly been answered. I think they're, they're good there. Yeah. And, and they have like their tight ends aren't as good as they have been in the past, but they're yeah. like, they're, they're, they're good. I mean, they're, they're like B rather than a plus. And against UCLA secondary with all these weapons, it was funny because Yogi Roth kept looking at Kyle Phillips and he's like, look at this man. He's a tactician. Like is Kyle Phillips really a tactician, you know, as a wide receiver <laughs> yeah. for UCLA. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, oh I, yeah. I beg to differ on that one. But, um, uh, he just t- brutal. I mean, like they, Tory Thompson Robinson had some big plays throwing the football yeah. around, but it just, I mean, just UCLA just felt like they were could never get a handle on this Fresno team, um, and, and the, I think just the raw efficiency of that Fresno offense throwing the football around, like UCLA blinked. The weird thing about the over in this game, because I think I think Stanford's going to be able to run all over, or UCLA's going to run all over Stanford. Um, yeah. I don't think they're going to be able to throw. I thought DTR was really impressive in this Fresno game. With that said, I think this secondary for Stanford is better and it's a bigger spot. And I can see him throwing at least a pick. I bet you they, they hold him to under like 250, um, which makes the pace of the game weird, right? Because UCLA is going to run it all the time. And Stanford's going to, it's going to be this weird herky jerky game that might. Right. It's you're right. You nailed it with the efficiency because I think that's what's going to be the case. They might this game might end kind of like quickly, but but it might not not because I don't. It's it's just a weird weird game. Um, I do think the overs the pick here. I'm going to take UCLA. Um, Oh no, you know what? This moved from three and a half to six. Rob, UCLA is a six point favorite on the road at Stanford. I'll take the points. I think this is a shootout. I'm taking Stanford. I, I think they're crazy. I'm taking Stanford here. Yeah. Like, I don't, I think if Stanford wins, I don't think it's an upset. Oh, man. Oh, man. So what does Beta Rank have this at? Beta Rank has Stanford favorite. Okay. I mean, some of it's being at home, but it's mostly that Stanford has been more impressive against better competition than UCLA has to this point in very small sample. And six points, if they're, if they're just gunning it, give me, give me the points. Give me the points. Okay. Yeah. At first, this was three. Uh, or th- it opened at three and a half and I set the line at three and when it went to six, I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. All right. I mean, do you think, do you think DTR gets through this without an INT? I mean, I just, no. I think he throws one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the one thing is, man, UCLA is going to bottle up that run game, but it might not matter. Cool. Okay. Yep. All right. Next game, Cal at Washington. And let's talk about Washington first, because holy Moses, we have beaten up on this team so much. Um, and to our credit, I think we both took Washington. Did we, did we last week? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, that that Arkansas. You State, wanted to not. You wanted to not talk Washington. Take Washington. I talked you into it. 
God bless Even though you. you kicked my butt last week. I, <laughs> you helped me on two of them. I yeah. saved you. I should have just let you go. Like I... <laughs> no, that was that was good advice. Yeah, Arkansas State um, only scored three points in this game. So I had the under, and I was sweating this out because it was like at 56, and, and the final was like 55. And I say that because Donovan moved that ball. Donovan basically said, you know what? F you. You're going to throw all this stuff at me. I'm going to, you want, you want a fast offense. Here you go. Here's a freaking fast offense. And they chucked, they were throwing the ball. They were running up to that line and like hiking the ball quickly. And I'm like trying to bleed the clock. I'm like, no, stop, stop. For the love of God, this game is over. He's already dead. And uh, Washington wanted to make a statement and they certainly did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they were able to throw the ball. They were able to, to run the ball. I mean, Arkansas state does not have a good defense at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, look, I mean, like we said, like, you know, Washington could have come in very woe is me, you know, after what's happened to them and all, I mean, and, and you and I know this personally, like the Huskies fan base is loud, you know, there's, and there's been a lot of chatter and, and they came out focused and, and took care of business and, uh, you know, did really, you know, for in a week where, you know, and really in a non-conference schedule, we're including Washington, a lot of PAC 12 teams given nearly every opportunity of falling flat on their face. The Huskies didn't, they, they showed up offensively and they had a great game defensively. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one thing to, again, keep, keep an eye out on that pace because you know, I'm, I'm curious to see if they do the same thing against Washington. Cause they really wanted to score points in this game and they really just got up to that line with that said, Rob, two more interceptions for <sighs> Dylan Morris. Um, so yes, you take a look at a stat line, three sixty-seven, three touchdowns. He, he threw two picks. Um, I think something else that stood out was we finally saw more of Kamari Pleasant and McGrew, uh, which yeah. was great, right? Because New- they were really riding Newton, and he was not getting it done. He's fine, but he's not yeah. he's not like a five star. Like he's not going to take you to the promised land. He's he's a good complimentary back if you have a good offense, and they don't. Um, I mean, I just I would just caution that I don't think either of those guys do anything against Michigan either. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this yeah. offensive line has straw is 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 a mess. I think that's fair, and that goes to your point about um, who's the guy is a Gaskin, right? His yards after contact, yards after contact, just yeah. kind of saved them. Moss Moss was kind of like that a little bit too, where he get hit the first time and then he bounced. Yeah, out. oh, Moss was definitely like that for that Utah team. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else in this game that really stood out. I mean, it was just a, a just a they handed Arkansas State their head. They didn't have any chance in this game. They almost blanked him. The defense was good. Um, I, again, the, the secondary is elite. The front seven, yep. I am not as not as keen on. Is that what? What do you think about that? No, that feels totally fair. I mean, I I, I think that I'm I'm not sold on this front seven at all. I don't think I, I I think Michigan's been able to run the football pretty well in the data that we have in on them. But I mean, they just own Washington right up the middle, and I don't think that that's fixed the season just because Arkansas State couldn't do it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anything else on uh, Washington no no let's let's jump into well there's not much to cover well there is something to cover that is wow (laughs) (laughs) Cal 42 Sacramento State 30 and 30 (laughs) yeah and to your point Rob um, you know I was going back and forth I was trying to break down this game and I wanted to look at Cal's pass defense and when the model locks in and it kind of is able to bounce all these games off of each other, I think the numbers really shine through. 
early, you kind of have to take a look at each game and figure out, yeah. you know, you're just, tr- you're trying to like, well, yeah, go ahead. Model doesn't see this game because I already kick out FCS <laughs> games. <laughs> nice. So you're, you know, like, just keep that in mind here because, you know, Cal right now, um, I mean, just ouch, like they, this, this game hurts <laughs> if you're a Cal fan. They, so Cal has given up 312 passing to Nevada and that's, that's respectable, right? That's the good quarterback, 238 to TCU and then 388 to Sacramento state. And those three in a row, like, right. We thought that the secondary might be, if there was a strength to this defense, I think we both had downgraded them from previous years. It was in the secondary and this, this makes me worried. Yeah, this is a really big problem for them, um, you know, coming into this game here. Like there's, look, I don't think Washington has some amazing passing attack or anything like that. Um, and maybe we should just jump into the yeah. to the game itself because that, that's the only thing like real takeaway wise from the Sacramento State game. Um, you know, when you look at this Washington offense against this Cal defense, you know, Washington's really struggled to run the football. Um you know, I mean, sure, they were able to run the ball against Arkansas State. That's that's not saying a lot, right? Um, and I don't know that. I, I mean, I don't know that I would want to rely on Dylan Morris in this game. But like, just the fact that like people have been able to run against Cal, they've been able to throw against Cal. I think obviously Cal's going to be a step up in competition versus Arkansas State um, for this Washington offense. So I wouldn't expect them to just be able to move up and down the field. Cal's good enough to frustrate them. I don't think. I mean. I just, I don't think this Cal defense is nowhere near, you know, where they were in like Wilcox's first two years. They're, they're absolutely, despite all the Washington incompetence that we saw in the first two games, they're not going to be able to shut down Washington over the game. Washington is going to get into the, you know, mid twenties, maybe low thirties point wise, I think in this game. Yeah. I'm, I'm just taking a look like, can Cal rush? Oh, we'll flip it on, on Washington here, right? Can, can Washington rush all over Cal. I think the answer is probably, wait, what do you think? I, that one's, that one's a really tough one for me. I don't know what to make of the Washington rushing. I mean, I don't think Washington's going to be able to, I, here's the, I don't think Washington can run all over Cal. I think Cal's vulnerable, but I don't think they're going to be able to run all over Cal. They don't, what they don't have that TCU did have is a running quarterback. Yeah. And I mean, I, my answer was the same. I still think they might go for like 130 and I mean, they could get two touchdowns on the ground, but it would like, they're going to have to earn it. I think like that's how inept this, this offensive line is for Washington and how like, you know, I think Cal's rush defense is probably a, what, like a C plus, maybe a C. Um, but it's just going to be more of like a war of attrition on that front, but flipping it is Cal going to be able to pass on, or is Washington going to be able to pass on Cal? I mean, I think the answer to that is, to an extent, right? I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, your answer has to be yes. I don't think they're going to blow up and go for 300 yards. I think Dylan Morris sits somewhere in the, like the 230 range. See, I think it's more, I think it's like 275 with two, okay. like, but, but I think it's two touchdowns and at least a pick, right? Does, does Morris get out of here without a, without a turnover? No, I don't see that. And then on the flip side, What's Cal going to be able to do? Can are they? They're not going to be able to run on Washington, right? I mean, from what we've seen from Cal thus far, yeah, no. Good. I mean, they've they've they haven't been great running the football. 
but they don't have like a really big from what we've seen and what they've chosen to do. They don't have a really big run pass split. You know, I think that they'll, I think that they, if, if there's, I mean, it just depends on if Musgrave smart or not. And that's, we're going to find out <laughs> because if you see a lot of Cal trying to bounce it outside, uh, running outside the tackles, then no, they're going to stub their, you know, they're going to stub themselves again and again and again. Um, but I think that they could, they could potentially be able to run, you know, I think that they could get up to 150 yards. Um, I forgot what Brown has changed his last name to, but, um, they could get him up to, you know, 125 yards, I think in this game. Yeah. That, that's a right, right about where I have. And then can Cal throw on Washington? That I don't buy. Yeah. I mean, I think that they could, I think that they could throw the ball a bit, but I don't, I don't, I, I think Garbers is going to be in for a long day. Yeah. I have like 200 yards and a touchdown, right? And if they get that, I'd be pretty impressed. Yep. So, so we, so then, so Cal's not going to be able to score a lot. At least this is what we think. They might be. I mean, the over under for this game is 46. (laughs) No, it's 43 now. It dipped. Oh, jeez. 43. (laughs) Um, Seven and a half points. I don't know. I kind of want to take Cal. Give me Washington. Okay. I'm on it. I just. If Garbers if Garbers throws a pick, this game gets this game gets weird. Cause Cal's Cal's I, gonna be able to score. Cal's I mean, remember last year? That man, that, that game was so freaking weird. Um the last couple of years, right? Didn't they play Cal? What, what was the what was yeah, the they had the, like the lightning delay to like three? I mean, it was like three in the morning East Coast time yeah, when but, it came back on, and then Cal just like ran down their throats like again and again and again in that second half after the lightning delay. I'm gonna it's so it's seven and a half is what Washington is favored by at home. You're going to lay the points. Um, give me the Huskies. Okay. All right. I'll take Cal. I initially had Washington, but I think Cal's going to be able to score just enough to keep this close. I think Washington wins, but I think, um, I think that, that Cal is able to cover it here. Oh, I think Washington's going to score enough points to make people think like, to make people be like, Oh, Cal has a good defense is Washington's offense back. And I answer to that will probably still be no, because people (laughs) will be wrong about Cal's defense. (laughs) All right. That sounds good. We got three more games. Let's get to them right after this. All right, Rob, let's get this out of the way. (laughs) Let's get this quickly. (laughs) We don't don't have to cover, but they both played FCS teams, right? Oh yeah. I'm not covering any of this. I said, who cares? Um, that's literally my notes under this game. Uh, Arizona is a uh, twenty-eight point underdog on the road at Oregon. Really, the yep. only the only thing the only thing to cover um, from the the Oregon. So Oregon beat Stony Brook forty-eight to seven, and we did we yep. had a Ty Thompson and a Jay Butterfield sighting. Rob, there it was. It was uh, it was a little bit of a like get get in while you can. Like get your get your name in the record books. Absolutely, Jay Butterfield will be playing for Arizona next year. Um, <laughs> somebody better be, <laughs> uh, speaking of Arizona, uh, they lost to Northern Arizona and yep. I'm going to be Frank, Rob, I didn't watch a second of this game. I, I wanted nothing to do. Well, I know uh, that's not true. I watched about five minutes of it and I turned it off. I had to get sucked in a little bit, but, um, man, what, what a mess that like, and I know you watched this game. So if there's anything yeah. you wanted, wanted to mention, you know, how Arizona was able to lose to Northern Arizona, the floor is yours. No, I mean, it's just, uh, I think it, it comes down to the, the I mean, the, some of it is roster, but I also think Jed Fish does not, and the offensive staff, I thought the defense played pretty well in this game. I mean, you take away the pick six 
<laughs> and it's not bad. The, the, the defensive performance considering how, how left in the lurch, the offense, you know, uh, left the defense. And I think the defense is improved under Don Brown. I don't think Jed fish. I don't think he's got a ton of talent to work with, but I also don't think he's putting these guys in the best uh, situation um, to succeed. But I mean, what's interesting is like, uh, I mean, it might be Jordan McLeod starting at quarterback for Arizona in this, in this game against Oregon. Good luck. Good luck, young man. You might be starting at quarterback. <laughs> You're tall, Rob. <laughs> I am not going to take that many hits. I don't, I have to, I, I have to get up and go to work and be able to remember uh, you know, what my name is. And I'm worried, worried about survival. Um, it was on ESPN. Like, thanks ESPN. God, so stupid. Um, I think 27 is too low. It sounds, the only thing that gives me pause is it sounds too low, right? Like why is, why is Vegas hanging 27 out here when we've all seen you and I have seen every Oregon game. Well, except this, the Seawolves game, but like we've watched, we've watched this, like, isn't that that a trap? Here's the only, Here's the only thing that I can think of is that they are, they could be overrating Arizona's performance against BYU. And I don't know. I mean, like beta rank only has Oregon at number nine right now. It's not like it's got the ducks at like number two. Um, and beta rank has Oregon as a 38 point favorite, which I think is, but I mean, maybe they just think Oregon starts slow again. Like they did against Stony Stony Brook. Maybe they put the they take the foot off the gas a little bit at the end. I mean I, that that's your that's that is my only concern with Oregon hitting this spread is that the it is just they absolutely blow the doors off Arizona in the first quarter, and then it's just cruise time from then on out. I think Arizona's defense is now the bar is very very low. I don't think it's as low as we saw against San Diego state. Um, right. So I like how many points is Oregon score in this game? I think Oregon scores 50. They put up 48 against Stony Brook. Yeah. But I think, I, I think that they're going to, I don't think that they were trying that hard. They may not have to try that hard against Arizona, but yeah. I mean, I like they, they only put 173 rushing up against Stony Brook. I mean, I think that, I mean, I don't like you look at it like it doesn't look like Oregon tried to get in a lot of plays and drives in this game. Like they were pretty content to burn some clock and just put up points when they had the ball. They're going to do the um, same thing in this game, though, right? I mean, they don't have to show anything in this game. I just I think that they'll I think they'll show up and run the ball. I also think Arizona's offensive ineptitude yeah. is yeah. going to like it. I mean, it, it, it'll and you and I were there the last time Arizona played Knotson and it just, it felt like the, 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 like the, the replacements thing about being in quicksand, like that's, that's the way this could go. Like it just could be that like the momentum just builds and builds and builds. And it, I, I just, this has, this for me just feels like massive blowout and maybe it's not, maybe, you know, like maybe Vegas has it right. But I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like Oregon at least beats Arizona by like 33. Yeah. I think it's like worst case, worst or best case scenario for Arizona would be like 40 to 14. And Arizona's offense. Here's my thing. Arizona's offensive line is God awful. They could not run the ball yeah. against NAU. So, and they cannot, they have really struggled in pass protection. So I just, I struggle to see 
Arizona getting past 10 points in this game. I almost want to take him because it's so stupid. I might wait for this to jump Um, because it's at 28 now. It opened at 27. That's what makes it weird because it didn't move. It moved a point, but... I think people are just downgrading the Pac-12 because of Oregon. Or, I mean, like, and, and Oregon. Like, I just, I think Oregon's, I think Oregon's a lot better than the Arizona squad. Yeah, it is. I'm gonna take Arizona. I'm gonna do it. I'm You're a wild man. It. I'm going with the Ducks. <laughs> I think, I think, I think. Uh, and I'm not gonna bet that they're okay. not even gonna name a starter till like Wednesday. Like Arizona's having a whole new QB competition this week. They got no tape. <laughs> they got no tape on what this offense is gonna look like. <laughs> <laughs> Jed Fish and his 200 plays for a team that can't execute four plays. I think. Look, I I think they're going to score a lot of points. I but um, I'm a little. I'm just I'm just gonna that that spread. The fact that it didn't get housed makes me nervous. I think Arizona might score a few points in garbage time and and cover. They don't don't watch this game and don't bet this game. But we got to put it on the record. I think Oregon's third stringers are better than Arizona's current I offense. I can't believe I did that. It's just I feel I need to take a shower after. It's this. set in stone. No, you can't. No take backs. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord almighty okay all right moving on wait bigger and better things here oregon state goes on the road to face usc um oregon state beat idaho 42 to zero do you have anything to say about that congrats beeps yeah, good job guys i mean like that's you came in and you did what you needed to do and you got chance nolan some more reps so there's that yeah that was good um we talked about washington state's side of this game against usc let's talk about usc's performance obviously the story is jackson dart who came out and was able to re-energize the uh (laughs) the the potent offense of usc i don't like what were your biggest takeaways from usc side of this game rob i mean my biggest takeaways again for for usc are that they they just can't run the football right i mean against a defense that is horrendous um and that they're still calling runs too i mean it's not so good to take pressure off dart um, you know, but I mean, it's not like he really seemed to really need to have the pressure taken off of him, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's my main takeaway in this is that I don't think that you're necessarily, if you're a USC, you're like, oh man, we got to run the football to beat the beeves at home. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like that's, that's it. Like, I just, I don't think that's fixed. Um, and they were able to, for the most part, really shut down, you know, the, um, uh, the, uh, the, um, Washington state offense, but I just don't, I mean, I just don't know what to make of. I don't, I, I, I don't know what to make of that yet. Like, I don't know what to make of that. Like this USC defense yet. Cause they had a, they had a really bad game efficiency wise against Stanford. Um, you know, and that's like, that's, that's the, I mean, they, they did pretty well against San Jose state. San Jose state doesn't look amazing Yeah. right now. You know? So that's like, I guess that, I mean, Sure, like you shut down Washington State, but uh, like that's I I don't I don't know that like I don't know what to make of the beeves, but they're 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 small numbers that we have both against uh, Purdue. Um, oh God, who did they play the week after Purdue? Why am I spacing? Hawaii. Hawaii. They're not bad, um, and and Nolan's been pretty good. I mean, I don't I I think the bee like this is not a like I don't this is not a case where I think the beeves are like, Oh yeah. Like they could keep this really close. But I, I don't think when you look at this over under 
of you know, which right now I think ESPN has it 62, which means Caesars has it at 62 uh, and a half. I don't think you look at that and think, oh man, USC's putting up almost all of those. Like Oregon State's, I think, going to get some points in this game. Yeah, that that was the thing that made me nervous here because I was not impressed again with a rushing attack, like you mentioned. I do I do think that there was like, you know, when you play NCAA football and like the crowd goes nuts and your controller's shaking all this stuff. I think there was a little bit of that in Washington State's you know front seven at the beginning of the game, but yeah. But over time, like they still weren't able to move the ball, and that's weird. Um, so they're not going to get. So USC's not going to get anything on the. I mean, maybe, maybe the, I mean, like, and, and like I think the front seven of Oregon State isn't like awful, right? They gave up eighty-eight to Purdue, eighty-eight to Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, there. It's it, all you got to. I mean, it's not. I say it like it's the easiest thing in the world, but I mean, this USC team. In some ways, at some point this season, somebody is going to expose their offense because particularly if, you know, darts in there and he has a real freshman like game because they don't have a really deep wide receiver core right now with like great guys that they could run out really deep and they don't have a running game. (laughs) So like, it just, it feels like, you know, like, if you're able, if you were able to say take away Drake London, it's just a, enough in a game. Like you could really expose the Trojans. I just don't trust. Like I'm trying to think of what what is Oregon State good for in this game? They'll be able to pass it a little bit, but I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. I thought what we saw against um, they dropped like 300 yards against <laughs> like Idaho. I think yeah. that's a mirage. The the I, I saw that running a game against um, Purdue. I was not impressed. I don't think that they're going to be able to do a lot. Yeah, they did. They did pound it versus Hawaii. Gosh, I don't know. Are they are they like are they good for twenty four points? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that I think that you're talking somewhere in like between twenty twenty five points for the Beavs. Yeah, I don't think that's enough uh, to. What's the line we're going against here? 13. SC's a 13 point. Okay. 13. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that one's tougher. Cause like Oregon state is not as wildly screwed as Washington state is without Delora. (laughs) Like I don't, and I think they're a better coach team than Washington state by a long shot. Right. Ooh, 13. I mean, that's just that's just that's a harder one, and Slovis isn't going to play. Is it? Is it? Is it Darton's? No, game Slovis. I bet. I think it's going to be Slovis because he's he's going to be in practice and he's going to be competing for the job. Yeah, the, it's going to be. I mean, I I think then it's. Oh man. Yeah, if you're betting USC, you're betting that they get 400 yards through the air, and like five touchdowns, because and and maybe one touchdown on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I mean, I think USC is going to get into the. I think USC could get close to 40 in this game. I mean, yeah, that's right. All right. Give me the Trojans. Okay. Gosh. Yeah. I, I said, I just don't like uh, it at 13, like 13, 13. Is, I'm not saying it's like, if it was 10, I'd be like, yeah, that's it. That's the number. <laughs> get me on with USC. I, yeah, I'll take USC. I might bet the under in this. Cause I have it at 63 and a half. I, what, I mean, here's the thing with USC though, is like if they sputter and some of those touchdowns turn into field goals, yeah. like they're still going to win, but like 
those are all going to cost you. Yeah. I don't like taking SC 13 points, but I just, I don't believe in this Oregon state team, but I that's do, fair. Yeah. And I don't believe in this USC offense. So I'll take the under, I might actually bet the under I'll, I'll tweet that out. Uh, 12 pack radio, what I end up doing, but all right, you and I are both going to take USC. The last I, that is honestly of the picks that we've made. That is the one that I'm the most nervous on. Yeah. I don't like this. I'm not going to bet USC for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a USC team that got housed at home by Stanford. Like, woo. All right, last game. I got I got some spicy takes on this one, Rob. Colorado at ASU. Um, Colorado just got 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 his head handed to it by Minnesota. Colorado zero, Minnesota thirty, and their game last week. Uh, I mean, we kind of talked about most of this, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. We'll get, go ahead. What where do you want to where do you want to take this game? I mean, I don't know that there's anywhere to take this game beyond. That I mean, clearly, like Lewis is going to need. I, I I think it is unfair to write off Lewis right now. Yeah. Give and uh, I think it's totally fair to write off Giovarini right now. <laughs> and I think a lot of people are there, but I don't think it's fair to write off Lewis for like his entire career. You know, like that was a tough game. They weren't moving the ball very well. Um, you know, and and Minnesota was able to score that you know, the pressure that they had to feel at home had to be, you know, pretty wilting. Um, you know, and that's, that's the real, I think, I mean, that's the tough part. I think if you're, if you're Colorado, I think in this game, it's like, there's just no, it doesn't feel like there's any positives. Like Minnesota was able to run all over you. Um, and then you flip it and you, you could do just, I mean, there's just nothing, nothing offensively. I don't think, I've seen a more inept offensive performance uh, in a long time. Colorado had like a power five team, right? 18 yards rushing this whole game. And that's not counting sacks like, or or tackles for a loss. It was so bad. Oh my gosh. And Lewis, Lewis cannot throw the ball. I don't know. I'm out. I'm out on him throwing the ball. With that said, let's, let's move over to ASU here. That game against BYU. Oh my gosh. I mean, again, tough environment. Daniels, th- this whole year, right? Our questions were, can they put the passing game together? Does Daniels have it? Are the wide receivers, all those four and five star, mostly four star guys, are they all, are they good? Are they, you know, because they've been, they've been kind of pumping them up. And yeah. the first real spot that they're in, there, there was nothing. I mean, it was really bad. It had two picks from Daniels. I didn't see anything from those wide receivers that made right. me say, wow, that guy's awesome. And, and I'm pretty, I'm a pretty easy date when it comes to wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought Brian, uh, the, the guy from Utah was awesome. And he, I didn't, I didn't see him do anything on this game. Um, and I don't think BYU secondary is like an all world type no. of team. I don't know, Rob, what, what, what did you think about AC? What, what takeaways do you have from this game? I mean, one of the big takeaways is they did finish minus two on turnovers on the road. So it it could have been better. I'm not sure that they win the game, but it could have and should have been closer, right? Um, That it was uh, for the Sun Devils. But I think the, you know, the the defense had had a pretty good game. I mean, other than what we talked about a little bit with Hall. I mean, he was really their most dangerous weapon on the ground. Um, You know, uh, you know, Algier had, you know, only had 3.3 per carry uh, in this game, which is nothing outstanding. And, and Hall was was good enough-ish. I mean, like, 
Yikes. I mean, I thought they did a pretty good job on him too. Throw. I mean, the secondary was pretty good. I mean, he had some big throws, some highlight throws, but he also had two picks. Um, and they kept him, you know, like, you know, 15 to 27 ain't great in this. It just, it felt like a game where like, I mean, I think the main problems that ASU had was offensively. They really struggled to get anything going with consistency in this game, you know, whether it was, you know, and, and whether it was that they, they couldn't, you know, consistently run the ball um, in order to pick up first downs or, you know, like Daniels would have an unfortunate completion um, in the game. And, you know, some of his, you know, numbers are buoyed by one or two really big passes that he hit, you know, in here, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think that I wouldn't sweat, you know, I think that they're going to be able to run the ball on Colorado, <laughs> um, you know, here and, you know, Batering's got ASU at 23 and effective rush and 85 and effective pass. And it's got Colorado at 64 and effective rush. I mean, if you're ASU, you know what you want to do in this game for sure. Yeah, I, I hear you. The the one the one quibble I'd have was around the third or fourth quarter, ASU started to run the ball better. Um, yeah, they they started giving it to Nagata got it, but all I mean like White was also there. But I just they, they started to get a little bit of a rhythm, and then I think there was a pick, and you're like, oh crap, and yeah. uh, and then BYU turned around, and I think they ended up scoring. I, I forget, but like there was a point in that game where I'm like, okay, all right, ASU's starting to figure it out. Um, cause I had BYU. So I was wondering if ASU was going to be able to call their way back and they just didn't quite get there. Um, you, you mentioned the turnovers. There was that like Roman Reigns, Superman, Superman punch, you know, <laughs> punching the yeah. ball in the guy's arm. That was crazy from uh, BYU. That was uh, what a crazy, uh, it just totally kind of changed the dynamic dynamics of the game. I'm taking, I'm going to take Colorado. <laughs> What? Wait, what's the line we're going against? It's a, so actually, yeah. Give me one moment. Let me double check because I think it's at fourteen and a half or fifteen right now. It's at fourteen and a half. Is what Caesars has it. I'll take it. Um, I think that that I think Colorado's offense was terrible. Um, clearly in the last two games, the first one though was against Texas A and M, which has a very good defense. I don't know what Minnesota's defense is, and I know there are major problems. But I think Broussard gets a little bit healthier. I understand that they're going to be running into the teeth of of a really good uh, running game. But I this is this is a bet on on two things. The first is it's a bet on Colorado's defense, and maybe it's a bad one. I'm not going to bet this for real. I'm just going to pick it on the podcast. I think that they're able to to really stack the box and force Daniels to do something, and I want to see that happen because I don't believe it. Um, and if he beats them over the air then God bless them. And I'd be really excited because that means ASU is going to be a much better team than I anticipate right now. Um, on the other side, I don't quite know what's going to happen, but I think that I think that Colorado scores like 10 points. I think the under in this game is like 47. Um, I would it's down actually, to 44. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if the, if the game is 44, you know, Vegas is thinking that these teams aren't going to score very many points. And right. now you're betting on ASU winning like 38 to like 10 or something, which, which they might, but, um, and, and I'm factoring in the Herm factor. Like he's slow not, down Herm factor. Yeah. yeah. He's not going to push this ball that he's going to run that ball and he's going to, he's going to throw a couple passes and see what happens. But I just, that's a lot of points to give Herm Edwards. And I'm, this is not belittling ASU's team. I just, yeah. the style of play, the fact that everybody looked at Colorado and said that offense sucks and it does, but like, 
I think they score 10 points in this game. <laughs> like if they don't, then I'm <laughs> you can laugh at me afterwards. But I'm going to take the 14 and a half. That's a lot of points to cover against which what I think is a decent defense. So here's why I'm taking the Sun Devils. Okay. I think ASU secondary is good enough that they can stack the box and they can bring, I think their corners are good enough. Yep. I think they can bring an extra safety in the box if they need to, to control Colorado's run game. I think Lewis is inept enough that that's totally going to work. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, um, and then I think what we didn't see them bust, we're able to bust out for ASU against BYU. And, but we did see them do more of, I think Daniels is able to run the football in this game. Um, and even if he's not having a great game throwing the football, I think that he, the dimension that he can bring with his legs, I think gets the sun devils over. And it's, I mean, it is hard to take ASU as a massive favorite. I mean, really 14 and a half points. That's a pretty considerable favorite against a conference foe for Herm um, to put your faith in. But I think I'm going to do it. I think, I think that they're going to, I think that they're going to get it done. And I think they, I think they're going to win by 17. Um, And it might get up there. So if you're going to bet this game, A, you're crazy, but B, wait until the number climbs because it opened at 13 and it's already at 14 and a half. I, I bet you it yeah. hits at least 15. The bummer, like I, I actually wanted to bet the under because it was 47. And if it's down to 44, I don't know if I'm going to touch that. But that was one that I actually did want to bet. But the line got bet down before I was able to place it. All right. These like, by, by the way, like taking Arizona, taking Colorado, probably to the stupidest things that I've done on the show. So <laughs> I realized that I might be walking into a buzzsaw. But um, but the other picks I feel I feel fairly confident in. I mean, at some level, you don't want to overreact to like what you've just seen, but what we've seen from Colorado's offense thus far. Yeah. And the rush defense. You're ab- you're absolutely right. ASU's going to gonna bring nine. <laughs> they like do yeah, something. I mean, I, I mean, don't you think like Chase Lucas and, you know, I think they're going to be good enough to, to shut him down. Yeah. But those wide receivers are, are okay. Like, I just need one. Give me one. Give me one post route. Right, where <laughs> you do, you just need one broken play, yeah, and that could do it. Just like there's not going to be a ton of points scored in this game, so that could be it, right? Like Colorado hits one unexpected banger, or like Brennan Lewis just runs for 70 yards for a touchdown, and that'll do it. Yeah. Plus, we got Carl Durrell poking his head into the offensive, uh, you know, play calling. You know, somebody's got to. Yeah, yeah, I know what the, you guys. <laughs> you guys eating pizza in here? What's going on? You guys making smoothies? Yeah. What are we doing here? <laughs> How much YouTube have you watched today? <laughs> um, okay, that's it. That that's the uh, that's the whole slate, Rob. Uh, a shorter show. It might actually be just as long as the other shows, but we were able to dive a little bit deeper. Hey, um, we only had to do one show, though. It wasn't two shows a week. No, absolutely. I know it was pretty crazy. I have to jump on the uh, Quack Twelve podcast and talk Arizona football. So light a candle for me um, after. This. Enjoy that. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Well, Rob, uh, do you have you picked the Saturday six yet? What do you got? What do you got? No, coming up? I got. I got to do that tomorrow morning. I'll I'll pick the Saturday six tomorrow morning. But tune in uh, Saturday morning. Yep, sharpcollegefootball.com, as well as the Sharp College Football YouTube uh, page. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Check out Sharp College Football, the Saturday 6th on YouTube, and we will catch everybody next week.